Welcome to Wonderfully Done, a wholesome show about sex, communication, and loving yourself. I'm Vix. And I am Lauren. We are two self-confessed slutty bombas that live down in Melbourne, Australia, and we are so proud to bring you Wonderfully Done. This is our own little self-therapy, self-healing space where we talk about sex, communication, dating, things that have gone well, things that have gone poorly. On a standard uh, episode, we often like to basically bring up questions and curiosities that listeners send over to us and give some advice, give some thoughts. But sometimes we have special episodes where we bring our beautiful, lovely guests, associates, and those that we admire onto the show. And that is what we have for everyone today. We have a special interview episode with our esteemed guest, Hien Pham. Hien is an Australian queer artist specializing in gentle and optimistic queer comics. Uh, Hien uses he, him pronouns. Vix and I use she, her. And we can't wait to tell you more about him. But I'm just going to pass it on over into Vix just to set the scene a little bit more about Wonderfully Done and what we're all about. Yeah, so what do what do we offer you? Why should you be sticking around to listen? Well, my friend, uh, I hate to tell you this, but we've all got a lot of big, ugly shame deep inside our hearts that is really stopping us, I think, from having more deeply connected experiences with other human beings. Me and Lauren are so deeply interested uh, in the space of dating and sex because of that of that nugget it's all about connection and opening our hearts and bodies and minds to that so we really love to explore that space in as honest as we can we we really try and share a lot about our own experiences as well as the experiences that we are lucky to have shared with us by others we really are trying to create a space that Cut shame in half and then smaller and smaller. But uh, it takes a lot of work and we're doing it together, both for ourselves and and hopefully inspiring you. I It is important that I share that we are not professionals of any way, shape or form. We are enthusiasts. We are not therapists or psychologists or sexologists or any of those other hot, sexy, cool professions. Uh, We are more sort of like your cute, friendly pals who are sex positive. We are your cool aunties that you feel comfortable enough to share your true feelings with. Um, So I really hope you enjoy this episode. incredibly lucky to have a fabulously amazing guest today that we are very excited to talk about so it is my privilege to get to do a little a little itty bitty intro uh, to let you know how awesome this person is too. This is Hien Pham. He is a digital artist specializing in gentle and optimistic queer comics. He grew up in Vietnam on war stories before moving and finding a home in Australia. His work revolves around respite Caring and loving and being loved and cared for. Oh, so gorgeous. So, Hien, I really feel like so much of your work shares so many values with what Vix and I do because we started Wonderfully Done because we had found so much healing in doing our own work around body acceptance, around sex positivity. And honestly, like, I was really inspired by your work well before the podcast uh, existed. So, yeah, just thank you so much for coming on the show. 
Honestly, I really want everyone who is maybe listening to the episode, if you've got a device with you, just go over and bring up Hien's work. We'll talk about where you can see it specifically. But just to set the context, if you're not familiar, go over to Twitter, look at at Waving People or wavingcomics.com, just so you can really set the scene for Hien's work. Because from my view, I just don't get to see this kind of work much at all. To me, it has a very has a very soft masculinity that I really like. I'm very attracted to. It helps me feel really safe. I really love it. And Hien, even if you wouldn't mind just starting off talking a little bit about how that journey to a soft masculinity style started for you. Is it something that's over the recent years or has it always been a hallmark of your work? Um, I think for me, it like most things, it started with uh, spite. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like now I'm kind of known for like florals. Like it, it's kind of part of my, like, like you said, soft uh, masculinity brand. And it started because some douche on Twitter was like, hey, fat guys shouldn't wear florals. It's not for you. And I'm like, well... Excuse me, sir. <laughs> and it just started kind of rolling from there. It's just a lot of my existence is because like people telling me that I shouldn't be one thing, even if I like it, like I like flowers. But, you know, I, the, the way that my hands move, the way that I sit, uh, it's not particularly like traditionally masculine, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, it's just about like rebelling. This is my rebellion. I will do things that makes me feel good. It makes me comfortable. Um, and like you said, Lauren, I, I don't see a lot of these kind of works out there. Nowadays, there's more. But when I was just starting to do it, it, it there wasn't a lot. So a lot of it is also like, I want to do it because I want to see it myself. And there's a lot of like struggle in within that space. It's just like you want to consume this media, but no one else is creating it. So you end up making these things yourself and hope to inspire other people uh, to make these things. Because sometimes when you see this kind of media, it's almost like you are able to give yourself permission to make more things like this. Um, it's like this podcast, you know, talking about wholesomeness in terms of sex, talking about sex explicitly, that kind of things. So yeah, it started off, I just really didn't like a dude <laughs> telling me <laughs> shit. Uh, and then it just kind of rolling from this, like, oh, yeah, I actually really like this. But yeah, I don't know if that was a good answer. But then, no, yeah. it was beautiful. May I say that you wear spite so beautifully? Like, I feel like Thank you've, you. <laughs> you've managed to grow something so beautiful, you, out of, yeah, all of these different collective experiences in your life. And I, oh, I just... There's a classic one, right? Because, like, as a fat woman, like, I went through a floral hating period because it was all anyone would put on fat clothes that mm. were made um, for a femme uh, sort of bodies, you know? Mm. So I had my rebellion phase, and now I'm like, I fucking love flowers. Yeah! Put them on my body! <laughs> <laughs> I love florals on you, and fuck being... Oh, thank you. Like, what even is traditional masculinity like yeah. i know we've talked very recently about words meaning such different things to different people but i feel like if you asked 100 people what masculinity means to you you might see threads of similarity but mm. i don't think that will be able to articulate the exact same meaning because one doesn't exist yeah and i think for me like masculinity is just about confidence the most masculine quote-unquote masculine thing i've ever seen done was like when my former uh, media teacher in australian high school he sat in like a quote-unquote feminine way but it he looked extremely comfortable and i loved 
that he could, he just did that like you know in in the public when I was always afraid of like if I said that way you know people would have yelled at me or if I would have been bullied something like that. But he was someone who was in position of power. He had this inspiration and what's the word I don't know inspiration to other kids and yeah. the way that he handled himself was just like with such confidence like this is just how I like to sit and that was like quote unquote masculine to me. But it honestly it was just confidence. No, you're definitely right. Like, I definitely, I feel like you really hit the nail on the head and like what I think true masculinity is too. And like, d- yeah, just the the confidence to exist without apology and how important it is for other people to see that, which sort of like, as Lauren kind of mentioned before, is like such an important quality in the work you make and, and in the way you've described it yourself of like, this didn't exist, I want it to exist, I made it so like I'm sure you've experienced seeing more of these things maybe crop up in circles that are close to you from seeing your work it makes me think of like posting fat pictures of myself aka fat picture a picture of me because I am fat (laughs) Um, but like getting messages from people that are like wow this has just been amazing and then over many months seeing them slowly go through their journey of posting pictures of themselves often starting with more face pictures and moving further and further back to the whole picture of their beautiful fat body and it's just such a, a beautiful thing to see people taking permission from you and then making it their own permission they've given themselves. Yeah, I think it's such a great ripple effect to be able to give people permission, like you said, to be more of themselves. But I was thinking like the ripple effect is like when, you, when you're when you fat and you're dancing, it's like your whole body kind of rumbles, you know? You'll be the yes. first one to start dancing and then people's like, yeah, you're just having fun. So people kind of join in. Oh, um, that gave me that goosebumps. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's so beautiful. And I agree, like being a joyful dancer, I think that's a wonderful example of the ripple effect in every possible I feel like it just makes me one of the things that makes me the saddest is when someone has a hostile or uncomfortable response to someone else just enjoying something and it's just so telling because I feel like patriarchy the patriarchy is such a prison that it's actually to me in many ways like women femmes gender non-conforming folks are hyper criticized and very observed but I feel like so often men have these deep wells of discomfort and it's something that I've also discovered when I've been dating men or being friends with men that just the smallest slightest things can actually have a huge impact in terms of how it's normalized for them and so Hien with your work would you say that are you getting a lot of response that is very different across different genders or do you feel that your effect on people or what people sort of come to you with uh, is it very similar or very different? I think it's been mostly kind of similar because the work that I do isn't specifically gendered. It's mm. just about, you know, a fat body, you know, or being comfortable in your body, being comfortable with your undesirable features and putting that into your art and seeing how that kind of comes back into your life. Um, so I think it's just across the board, it's just been, it's just kind of been equal. But I definitely agree with you. It's like patriarchy is a private prison where it's like this, that classic thing of like men want to be intimate want to touch each other but they don't know how to do it softly so they just kind of like hit each other or be you know, yes. be really into sports mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is the way i'm gonna touch you it's by like a moment of impact in your face like what the hell just just hug just hug it out mm-hmm. it's okay 
it's okay just that you got a cool dick, bro. Like, that's fine. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I would like to dick segue uh, just briefly into another thing I that I feel... I <laughs> love a good dick segue. That I feel that a lot of your work um, has not like a reputation for, but something that people have really responded to with your work here and has been speaking openly about being someone who is gray ace as well. And as someone who, you know, is a smut writer and artist. And so I've really appreciated every time you've talked about any aspects of your lived experience, because like I'm an allosexual person myself, but I have dated people who are ace. I have friends who are ace and uh, I'm not going to be one of those people. That's like, I would like you to speak on behalf of your entire sexuality here, but but I would love uh, to just hear a little bit more about your lived experience or what do you really enjoy sharing about being someone who's gray ace? Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, definitely, there's something that I've learned about being on the ace spectrum is that every everyone is different, <laughs> especially even when I was looking up resources to kind of like, oh, help to help me define myself everyone is really different. Like my experience is never the same, but there are some similarities. And I think that's what's important about sharing your story is that people might not relate to your whole story, but it might relate to like a small nugget of your story. And they and that become, it's like a 24 nugget for $10 from KFC. And then people love that. I don't know why, I don't know why that came to my mind, but there you go. I'm hungry. Perfect. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfectly. Um, but yeah, I, I think for, for me, like, being the gray part is just like I really love bodies I really I'm an artist so I love drawing I love looking at features I'm very curious um, about that kind of thing like I subscribe to plenty of sex education channels on YouTube even though I myself have never had sex and might want to in the future just never had a chance to or not I never had like that big of an interest in it Um, but I still love that kind of sensual intimacy you know uh, so that's kind of like the area that I want to speak about, which is the space between foreplay and like physical sex. Like there's just like that gray area. That energy is so consuming to me. I love that. I am the definition of somebody who watches porn for the plot. <laughs> like, I, I, I gotta know who is this plumber and what is it working with? <laughs> you know? um, yeah, I, 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 that just, that's not a lot of that out there and as somebody who does like smut for like i write and draw smut for a living my work is currently serialized on (laughs) filthyfigments.com there are a lot of ace porn consumers like ace people looking at porn ace people searching out for these things because hey ace people still jerk off we still do sexual things it's just the thing that's like we don't have a drive to do it with other people you know, uh, but we can still do it if we want to. And we still appreciate that kind of energy. So uh, and like I said before, we recorded a lot of ace people, like actually most ace people I know are horny as fuck. <laughs> like, I, when you asked me a question of like, what are some resources at, that are specific about the ace experience? I just really couldn't think of any because a lot of the ace people that I know write smut like myself. So like... <laughs> Uh, we are just horny and we have we direct that energy towards ourselves, basically. Um, and I think there are a lot of people who are on the ace spectrum, but who just don't know the definition of what that means or don't, don't haven't seen what 
what what that kind of looks like in a real life scenario. So being able to share like my side of the story and being able to write like, oh, in the future, I would like to do this in this way, or this intimate encounter can be focused on the intimacy, the sensualness of it, rather than being it about penetrative sex, or something like maybe I could frame this butthole, you know, with like a sunset behind it instead of just. Yeah! Slamming oh it into、God. the frame, you know that kind of thing. It's just like a different way of framing sex,、uh, but it's still sex. It's still sexual intimacy. So. I hopped on a train and it went、no. somewhere. Oh my god! I just <laughs> sat here with my mouth open like the whole time, just just so delighted. You just have such a beautiful brain and such a gorgeous way of thinking. And I feel like seeing a beautiful butthole by a beautiful sunset is gonna stick with me post call. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things for me that、uh, that I had such a weird experience with when I was younger because. Like the pornography that was available was such a narrow lens and had such a narrow emotional palette going on, and so when you talk about that liminal space that's with foreplay and sensuality, but maybe not this penetrative sex part, like that was like all I wanted. I would just watch videos of people making out, like <laughs> I just like that, you know. And so being just very confused because it's like, well, I don't want this like smack 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 sex situation. So what the hell? And I just think the benefit when there's more creators and more diverse creators putting more work out there that has more emotional tones to it, you know, and more, you know, more texture going on.、Um, yeah, I think I think we can all sort of heal instead of feeling like we're all bad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I but this is a, an explicit example, which is like there's this porn I watched, and that was like some straight up fucking there. It's like okay, that's fine, but then. You know, it was the kissing that made me come. You know, yeah, <laughs> I totally, like that. yeah, <laughs> totally. yeah, absolutely, one million thousand percent. Like there, we've talked a little bit about、uh, a sort of pornography group that I really like called Four Chambered, where their porn feels like my sexual experience. Like it's the the tone and the way it looks evokes the emotion and evokes the sensations a lot more for me than other pornography, and it's something that just. It focuses on body parts the way that I would see and appreciate body parts when I'm having sex instead of like I'm a weird voyeur at the back of the room、mm-hmm. having a wank, you know, being a weirdo. <laughs> so, and again,、yeah. they'll focus on the milk that is being poured down a woman's body instead of like really explicit sort of stuff. And so, you know, I I'm really interested because I feel like your work when I'm looking at sort of the composition will sometimes have these shots where I can see the entirety of the body, but then it also brings things in very sort of lovingly and sensually、uh, on really specific body parts as well. And you've spoken a little bit about how giving、uh, your characters quote unquote you know bunny ears undesirable features just turns into this good character design. Could you talk a little bit more about that experience and how you found it healing for you? Uh yes, so I appreciate you bringing it up. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's just some I don't I don't remember exactly where I got the idea from, but it was just I th- I think I just at some point I just got tired of fucking fat phobia. It's <laughs> just like I I I'm tired of having to deal with this. So I made、uh, a short comic called I'm shirtless in this one. That one has a quite interesting beginning because at the very beginning, 
I still had those things like I would focus. There was this one section where you could pick a part of my body and I would say really horrible things that I've said to myself and other people have said to me, to me about it. Um, and when I was writing it, I just, it just made me, it didn't make me feel good because I was like, you know, regurgitating hate basically. And so I just decided like, hey, instead of doing that, let's think about what I actually do like about my body. And that whole comic just became this thing like, okay, so this happened to me. But when I'm by myself, I actually do like my body. Um, and just that whole process, I accidentally discovered that by drawing myself hundreds and hundreds of times, all of those different features just became character design. Like I started losing the opinion about like the line on my tummy. And it just became like, oh, this makes me look like myself. Because I have I've had experience with like, looking into the mirror and not feeling like myself because I had lost weight, but not because I wanted to, but because I just got so sick and tired of being told I was undesirable, you know? But those features made me look like me. And that was really important to me. Something that I found that a lot of my artist friend told me is that sometimes when we go to life drawings, people love diverse bodies. Like we love folds. We love like texture. Fucking, I love skin texture so much. I love stretch marks. I love spots all through my body. I've had a lot of issues with like spots, especially on my butt. Um, but the more that I drew them, the more that I really loved drawing them. And the act of drawing them makes me feel like invested in these characters because they feel human. They're not perfectly smooth skinned. You know, they're not like the Instagram scam, whatever. They are just people that I see. And like when I look at you, when I look at you two, you know, the things that I kind of notice, the things that kind of stick out to me might be the things that you feel insecure the most. But to me, that is fucking great. I love drawing that shit, you know? And so just like the, the process of drawing it, the, the process of looking at yourself as a character from like a different perspective without all of that judgment that you've had before, it's a long process, but I think it's really worth it in the end. I've just said again with now my like hands clutched to my chest, just, oh, you're just so delightful. <laughs> I must say, like, a lot of my experience is through other people loving themselves as well. Like, that example with the live drawing came from another artist friend of mine who herself modeled, you know, naked. And she had, like, her own insecurities. But when she did that, it was, like, a hugely brave thing. And when she came to look at other people drawing her, the things that she didn't like about herself were the things that stood out to them the most and the things that they loved drawing the most. Um, so what I'm saying is find an artist and get naked in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Lauren have done that a little bit with friends before, and it really did feel like a healing experience. To it was, you know, particularly with a group of people I uh, who I already knew like quite liked me, and like I thought, you know, thought I was pretty, which felt very important to me, you know. But like to really like strip down everything, and it's just like all the parts of myself that I try and hide. And yes, I know bots like so annoying. I like go through different periods of like having heaps and then none and like I try and like do you know some like nice exfoliating to like try and like man anyway it's it's like such a nightmare <laughs> and like so much punishment and shame about it yeah. and it's so dumb like we mm -hmm. sit on our butts a lot with yes. like weird fabrics that they don't like <laughs> anyway but like seeing the drawings of how people saw my body was just so freeing both freeing to be fat and naked in the space but then also to see creation from your fat 
unlovable body. Like, wow, just so healing. <laughs> oh, yeah, huge relatable on the butt fat. Uh, sorry, butt, butt spots. <laughs> butt fat too. I remember distinctly when I was younger, I would like get a bunch of lime, just squeeze it and rub it in there and just lie down on the floor and wait for it to hopefully uh, acid itself wow. out. It never worked. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, st- I really like that texture. Now mm-hmm. I just look at it and just like this. This feels like me. It doesn't matter if people like it or not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fuck them anyway. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this yes! is a great attitude. Yes, <laughs> I'm not gonna fuck you anyway. So fuck you is like a good shit oh, that we should do. I really, I love the idea of thinking about yourself as like a character. Um, I think that that's really freeing. Also, because like, how fun is it making a character? You know, getting to decide on how all, all their little features will look. All the different outfits that you you put them in, the makeup, the hair, like uh, the shapes, like it's so joyful. And I feel like when you treat your self presentation like that, it can really sort of. It, I feel like it leaves less room for the self hatred aspect because you're taking the time to joyfully explore like the different parts instead of just the full form, which I think is sometimes feels more difficult to me or has in past because of things like stupid fat phobia where people are like all you are is fat and I'm like well there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff about my body thank you very much (laughs) get out of here stop hating yourself and projecting it at me it's so what it is it's such a regurgitation and I mean here's me like mid-size mid-size privilege there are things about me that are still not okay to a whole bunch of like middle Australia or the rest of the world and things. And when you grow up feeling a little bit unusual, sexuality wise or otherwise, it can feel like attention is really terrifying because attention could often go really badly or go really well. And especially in a patriarchal society, the attention from men is very hostile, even when they're intending it in this very positive way. So I've gone through stages of being like, I do not want to be perceived by men. I do not want the attention of men. And I've realized that more and more my presentation or appearance will sometimes extremely turn off men, but then be extremely appreciated by anyone who's not a cishet dude. And actually that's amazing and has made my quality of life much better. But sometimes because they, you know, the cishet still have such power I can still feel this. It's such a combination, right? It's like, I'm grabbing a jelly bean flavor. How am I going to feel today? More and more days, I feel better and better. Like it's tracking upwards, but you still get a bad jelly bean day sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I feel like people don't talk about that enough. It's kind of like, like in relation to how we feel about their bodies, like it's not just like you reach a place of um, either neutrality, love, mixture of love and neutrality. And then it's just like the work is done. You know, it's more kind of like you've, you've amassed a toolbox of things you can pull out and help you on the continue like for the rest of your life where you will be in different moods variables different things will be happening in your life and sometimes that ugly voice may come back but like that's that's okay we can also kind of be kind to ugly voice and be like hey little baby like I know where you came from and I'm sorry that this is still hard you know but yeah yeah (laughs) I just feel like a lot of it for so much of us 
does get better over time and does get better as we have more agency over our lives. We don't depend on other people or other organizations for our like context or how to set our, you know, our guiding stars, so to speak. Because myself being in my early 30s now, like I even had, you know, a really beautiful, like sexy day and afternoon with a woman a couple of weekends ago. And like, we're both in our 30s. And it was just so much less anxious than when I was like a teenager or in my early 20s, where you're so sure that someone's going to zero into this one part of your body and then just shove you out of the bed because they realize that you've got stretch marks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you're disgusting. Oh, no, I thought exactly. I'd hidden it from you. <laughs> and it, it just felt so holistic. And it just felt like a like a full body connection and so much more like relaxed with all of like the sexy nervous excitement, but with none of the with none of the surety that I was going to get reduced to being deficient in some area. And that's been really nice as I've gotten older. Mm, yeah, I definitely like one Vix. That was beautiful. That was great. I loved it so much. Oh, and Lauren, you. you are absolutely correct as well. It's it's like I've I've always had this fear of like I have to be a really good person. I have to make really good art because once somebody sees my butt, they're gonna drop me. <laughs> you know, like it's like as if like that's if the spots on my ass is like my whole worth of a person. It's really not. It actually adds up to me as like a beautiful human being. Um, and like you said, like, it's not, it's not like a switch, like, oh yeah, I love myself. Everything is solved. It's a continuous, the whole, my whole life is going to be using these tools from this toolbox, like Vic said. Um, and yeah, it's just about just keep on doing it. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. So hopefully. I just, I love this conversation so much. It's just like, I was just sort of sitting there and like having a real big gratitude moment for like, I don't think I've gotten... I've been able to verbally have that many conversations with other people with fat lived experience and be who've also done some some work yeah be able to sort of connect it just I don't know again like feels just like really healing and beautiful and I feel really happy and lucky to be in the position um, to share this with you so thank you. Thank you so much. It's a huge honor as well. And I think it's just a fact of like, like you said, it starts a ripple effect. Sometimes people can't find this kind of comfort, you know, in their physical space. So it's good to be able to be, you know, I've spoken about it on, on, on the internet where other people can find this comfort when they can't, which is kind of like one of my most fundamental uh, things that why I do art is to provide respite. You know, sometimes I need those things. When I write stories, it's about me writing comforts for myself. A lot of my work is very um, confessional. And in a way that's like the reaction to my confession is good instead of the opposite, which is what it has always been. But if I can imagine a future where when I confess insecurity and somebody reacts in like a gentle and kind way, then maybe it can come true because somebody can see it and they can say, oh, this is how you do it. This is an example of how you do it. Maybe I can do that to myself. Um, so yeah, providing respite, just doing the work that you do publicly if you can. If not, you know, support the people who are doing it is uh, is a really nice thing. Oh, just the angle of comfort. Uh, I just, yeah. I feel like I've been like on the border of like crying for like about, you know, I don't know, most of this conversation. <laughs> like, like ha- happy touched, like beautiful crying. But I actually feel like, because I, I feel like I have found comfort through the way that you have unabashedly and sometimes pushed, you know, past, I think, 
probably really challenging things that were like, maybe I shouldn't have posted this or, or made this because to, to not only feel this, but to have other people look at this. And it's sort of, it's the, the, like externalizing the shame, right? Because when we, when we hold the shame just within ourselves, we have to hold it alone. And often it like, it eats you up. Like shame is so desperately pervasive and toxic, but when you put yourself out out there like that, like I, I've been so touched by so, so many of your comics and have just been so grateful at how, you know, brave, beautiful and vulnerable you've been with like continuing to share so much of yourself. Cause I think sometimes people get confused and they think it's very easy to give that level of yourself, but it's, it's really not like, and it is, it's such, it's such a gift. And I just so appreciate the work you make. And, and I do, I have definitely received comfort from it. And I love that you have that lens of wanting to comfort through the creation of the work, which makes me love it even more. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you. I think, honestly, I cannot have the full credit here because I am only able to do this work is because of the reception. You know, it's like, it's a whole, it's a, it's a circle of good vibes you know when when i put this stuff like you said it's very hard every single comic i put out especially when you put so much of yourself into your art it's fucking scary <laughs> and it's and the thing is when i put it out there and i get the reaction that is kind that is thoughtful you know that is what helps me keep doing it and i hope that like when people it's kind of like we talked about Lizzo before and it's like her way of thinking is if I can shine it, everyone can shine as well. But if you can love me, then you can love yourself. And that's what I'm hoping to do. You know, if you are able to give me kind, if you're able to give me kind thoughts, then hopefully you can practice saying that exact thing to yourself as well. It's like verbalizing things, saying things to other people, and then bringing that back to you, you know, because you are similar to that person you are saying those things to. So it's, it's like, I do not have the full credit because I am providing this, but the way that you are reacting to it is part of the work too. Um, and I, I want to thank you all so much because I wouldn't be able to continue doing this without you uh, in many, many ways. And I hope that um, that I can keep doing this and I hope that you can keep doing your work as well, so. Oh, this time I cried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> crying has begun. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Everybody listening, go go look at Hien's work. Go and be healed, everybody. <laughs> Honestly, even with the work that I do, like even in game development, my team tries to have a focus on stuff that is helpful for well-being and is a positive thing. And there's so many people that we get as players that are like I can't access a psychologist, I can't access therapy, or it doesn't work for me, or I've had these bad experiences. And everyone's just looking desperately for the things in their life that can be a little bit healing, be a little bit helpful. And so for yourself, you know, have you had some confronting difficult experiences with how much people have imprinted on your work? Like, you know, have there been things where you've had to be managing a vulnerability hangover as well as doing a lot of emotional labor for other people? I mean, I feel like that would get really hard sometimes. Yeah, I think that is definitely that that has definitely happened before. Where when you open yourself so much to the public, people tend to think that they have a much closer connection to you than 
there actually is. Um, thankfully for me, my audience has been. I think it's part of like because my audience is mostly queer, <laughs> so people kind of like kind of understand the line a little bit. Um, so most of them has been very kind to me in terms of like, yeah, I understand this is a part of this, and I really appreciate it when people share their stories as well. Um, especially when it's relating to the work that I'm doing and not just like, I don't know, hitting on me or anything like that. Not that people have <laughs> hit it on me before. Actually, untrue. People have. Um, <laughs> unwelcomely. But Ugh. yeah, but mm. that, that, that's always the thing when like you, when you make smut specifically, when you make sexy art, when you post sexy things of yourself. Oh, I, I know. Yeah, yeah, people are like, this is an invitation. And it's like, nope. no, I'm just like <laughs> existing in public, like uh-huh. um, with things that I enjoy. You may appreciate me respectfully or you can fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I just straight up, I just don't really reply to things. And I, I, I still have like that dude privilege, you know, I don't have a lot of cis has dudes doing things in my DM. <laughs> but... Yeah, that vulnerability, vulner, vulnerability hangover is really real. I think I, I had a look. And yeah, when, when you post something, it's really vulnerable. When you're so sincere that it hurts afterwards. Um, it's, it's good to, it's good that you, like, you have, like, like I said, like the reaction that you have to other people doing that kind of thing is so important because that changes the culture. Like when you said before, you know, the patriarchy being a prison, it is because it is a, it's, it's a cycle of violence. When someone tries to do something different, they get attacked for it. And that's how that cycle begins. So when somebody is doing a work that you really appreciate or someone's being true to themselves, when you are the person who is reacting to that in a thoughtful and kind way, you are changing the culture. You are changing the cycle. So like, don't ever think yourself as less than the people who are creating because without you we would not be making things i feel like that's so important to to bring up like because i feel like there's so much liking and appreciating quietly and it's just kind of like your silent appreciation doesn't really count for much like we all have power to make the world more like the world we want to live in or that we can see the cravings and desires for from the people around us so if people are doing things or making things that are making the world better or helping you see yourself more or make you feel good tell them like even writing a two-word comment like all of those stack up and that it is is nourishment to keep trying and keep pushing forward because it just insp- I feel like it inspires me to to know that other people want this change too. I feel like there is so much like I I've had so much guilt or confusion because I'm not a hypersexual person but I will really enjoy so much sexual works fan fiction fan art whatever else but there's so much to me where this kind of work gets back to like almost like being an animal or it gets back to connection or it brings up emotion or it has so much to do with communication in a way that I feel so interested in and I feel like queer art and queer smut focuses on everything that has given me extreme growth or extreme connection to myself or helped me explore a lot of emotions, taught me a hell of a lot about myself. And so, Hien, a lot of your work that you've created in this kind of space that is really nourishing and really healing, but also very, very sexy, you've collaborated with a lot of different companies, brands, outlets, things like that. 
I'm very curious. Um, recently, I really loved your work that was in a Smut Peddler published collection called Silver that I talked about on another episode of the show where a lot of um, sexy relationship type of stuff with people that are older. Could you talk to us a little bit about what it's like working with Smut Peddler or how those working relationships start or flourish? Uh, it was, you know, I, I, I'm very lucky that I've been able to work with mostly indie, independent publishers. And they are very different from traditional publishers because the people that I work with, they don't give me a lot of notes, which is great. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it was just like, it, it, it was a very lovely working environment, I think, with them and with my current employer, uh, Filthy Figments as well, or with Ojo Sex Toy. Like every single people, every single company who works in queer smut space, uh, so far, in my experience, at least, I don't want to speak for everyone. They have been very welcoming of like the way that I approach smut, you know, because when I come into making pornography or these kind of sexy things, I will I always worry that like, oh, I don't have too much focus on the money shot. You know, I don't have too many, you know, actually close up on people joking up. I'm doing that in the camera right now. Um, but, <laughs> you know, because that's just not where I'm coming from. But it's been really loving. It's been really great that people have been really receptive to 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 my cinematic framing of buttholes, you know. But yeah, and that all came about just like from my struggles of trying to submit things because I think uh, with Smut Peddler in particular, Iron Circus, I applied for like a um, they have a Creators for Creators yearly grant for comic makers and. Uh, Iron Circus, the people working for the company, is on the board. So when I submitted my comics and they weren't really accepted as like the final one finalist for that grant, they were still interested in, in my work. So they approached me afterwards. Um, and all of the people who work in this kind of thing, especially like indie comics people, are all kind of connected. So we kind of sent work around. Um, so like I'm working for Filthy Figments and they, you know, tipped up Ultra Sex Store to be like, hey, if you're looking for guest comics, you should look for him. And I had previously, you know, submitted things to them that didn't come into anything. So they just kind of like, it becomes like a whole circle. So yeah, but it takes a lot of time and effort. But for the most part, the people that I've been working with have been really nice. I love that. And so the pitching process, I mean, it's probably very different for everyone, but for you, has it sort of been to say, this is me and this is my portfolio and this is kind of my pitch or like a written angle on what I'd like to explore? Or is it generally like, here is a visual treatment that I'd like to flesh out more? Or is it a really big range? I think for the, the vast majority of pitches that I've had to submit, has always been like, here is the log line, here is the general summary, here are some character sketches. Because when you're making like smut, you know, the characters' designs are really important. And especially if you can make them, if you can put like butt acne on them, that's like a huge plus because people don't see that very often. So actually, your insecurities become your big advantages. So take advantage. Um, but yeah, it's just like uh, sketches of characters and then I'll, I'll do like... Um, like a rough general outline of what the story is, beginning and middle and end. And usually it's kind of funny that pitching for smart companies, you have to be really explicit of what sex acts are involved. Ah. <laughs> and I'm not quite, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite, I, when I started doing it, I wasn't quite familiar with like talking about like, oh yeah, in this scene, he jerks him off and then the shot goes into the sunlight, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> And that's just been like really interesting. And I love like talking so frankly about sex as an act. 
um, and not just like having all of these strange hangovers about like shame about it. Uh, so it's been quite good and it's been quite good in that way. I love that. And so with Filthy Figments as uh, as a website, are there other creators, you know, when we recommend people go and check your stuff out, are there other creators that you're really into or other smart artists that you just would love to give a shout out to or recommend that people check out? Uh, yes, I think so. I think on Filthy Figments, um, they started off as like a female or trans or non-binary people only like group. And that actually such a good foundation because that created this whole comic catalog of really diverse characters it is such like if you're looking for comic featuring non-binary threesomes trans people fit is really great um and there are also like that is kind of where i found out that a lot of ace people do want this kind of work as well and one of the other ace creators on that website makes the most incredible sex comics you know uh and i think i, I just want to give a shout out to gc hool on there because they are non-binary and they are ace and they make incredible trans really messy like trans stuff and it's incredible and the uh website uh owner publisher gina B- briggs gina biggs oh i'm gonna get the name wrong i'm sorry gina <laughs> it's um, all good we'll put it in the show notes okay we'll thank you yeah, gina <laughs> is incredible she is very kind and she has curated this whole uh incredible you know diverse community and she is very lovely to work with i am i think i'm a kind of like a fiddly person to work with because when i write a script i edit it until the very end and things change <laughs> all the time and then she's just like yeah you go for it i'm like thank you <laughs> <laughs> The last minute changes. Excellent. My lovely friend, Sarah Winifred Searle, who was the first person who kind of introduced to me her way of looking at writing smut, which is sex is a character development. You know, when people have that intimacy, it is a character development. You reveal things about them. You learn things about them. It's not just like, oh, people have a relationship, they have sex, and that's kind of it. It's not just an act. It's like a whole development and a whole thing of growth. So I really appreciate her kind of talking to me about that. Oh, I love thinking about sex in that lens. It's like, how does it advance the plot? Like, which is, yeah, in in your general sex life, beautiful listeners, like, it's a lovely way to think about things. Like, when you're going to have, you know, setting up some kind of interesting, different kind of scenario. Like, what do you want to get out of it? How do you want to feel afterwards? Uh, How do you want to connect more deeply with your partner, partners, like, through having this experience together? Mmm, yummy. My sweet darling Ken, something that uh, I did kind of want to bring up in this episode was, you know, we really love to ask our audience, like, what content do you want? So that, you know, we can try and deliver those fucking sweet goods. And talking to a beautiful angel on the A spectrum is something that has been requested of us so very much so you know thank you so much for um sharing yourself with our audience it's just so gorgeous i guess i just kind of wanted to open the floor for like a little bit more ace spectrum chats sort of like i'm so curious about you know your journey of figuring out you were on the ace spectrum and landing on your beautiful little slice of the community i guess i feel like when i think about the ace community i feel like 
people are so interested to know more but seem afraid to ask questions and kind of just have like a lot of assumptions you know like I imagine an assumption before listening to this episode might have been like an ace person doing smart that's wild (laughs) or um no sexual thing you're not having sex with someone else no sex (laughs) like no sexual feelings or urges for you (laughs) um so I don't know if that's a very good opener um but I'd love uh, to hear a little bit more about your thoughts and feelings. No, that's great. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, it's just one of those things where it's similar to my gayness, where it just is something that I've always been. Like, I think this is a relatable experience for a lot of people, a lot of ace people on the ace spectrum, where people tend to like, oh, I have a partner, you know, we, we're going we're gonna to do it, we're going to get it on. <laughs> I just don't really particularly, that's not what I'm interested in. Uh, I think one in particular uh, um, moment for me was like when I was hanging out with this gay gamer group, and one of them worked for like a male clinic or something like that, and they were hang- handing out these surveys for you know, oh, what is your sexual history? Would you be interested in getting tested? What are some, we're doing a survey on this kind of thing. Everyone was filling that out. I was like, uh, <laughs> never had sex. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to, uh, you know, immediately. I don't know, sex is such an ingrained thing. It's like, oh, it's always a part of life. And that's perfectly good. But for people on the A spectrum, we tend to not have that pull to have sex with other people. We can still choose to. For us, it's more like a choice rather than like an urge, you know. But yeah, it's 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 just something that's just like it's you just. I just don't have any interest in it. I mean, I I might still choose. I'm very curious. Like I'm very sex positive. That's kind of like the gray area for me. Is that I'm still very interested in. Like I like looking. I like wanting to find out what is. What is what? What is your vulnerability? What is your insecurity? What do you look like when you don't have any clothes on? You know that kind of thing, um, and I like that sensual intimacy between you know physical sensual intimacy. I love hugs. I love, I think cuddling. I don't know. I cuddled one time and I did it too much and my brain fried. So maybe another time. <laughs> you know, I just want to. Exp- I want to explore that kind of thing and maybe when I do it, I would be like, no, that's not for me or something like that. I think a lot of gray A's, a lot of A's people don't have that kind of. A luxury of just being able to explore because you either want sex or you don't but that's not quite all of it maybe you want it once and you don't want to do it ever again that's fine or maybe you just want to do oral sex or maybe you just want to have it for five minutes and then you're done who knows there's a lot there but um yeah it's just a part of like i just i just realized that i just don't that's not what i want out of this and it's been I would say kind of difficult <laughs> trying to to date. Uh, I, I I know Lauren, you you spoke about dating ace people and great ace people before. Uh, for me, at least in Perth, which is quite isolated, I've maybe seen like one ace person on like a dating app, like for like years that I went, when I was on it, and we did not even get along. So. <laughs> imagine that just because you have maybe maybe areas in the same desires this one person doesn't connect like oh the pressure (laughs) i know it's it's the same thing of like you know just because you're gay doesn't mean you can't be racist you know just because you are a doesn't mean you can't be a horrible person or you don't believe in the same things that i do so it's just it's just another part of life and if you don't feel like you want sex that's fine there's nothing wrong with not wanting to have sex. And there's nothing wrong with choosing to have sex. There's nothing wrong with sex. Sex is great. I assume I've never had it, but I love writing about it. Then that's okay. And it's okay for you to explore that space. So it's okay to you, for you to 
change your label. It's okay. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm demisexual because I've never been in a relationship. Maybe when I am in a relationship, that will change. And that's fine. Like, being able to permit myself to change is such an important part, I think, of the great, uh, of the ace experience. It's okay if you don't feel ace, or it's okay if you used to be this way and you want to, and you don't anymore. Like, that's a lot of thing that that's kind of like the simple experience with a lot of ace people who are in a relationship, you know, like at the very beginning, we want to please our partners. Like when I fantasize, I very often would fantasize of, you know, being penetrated because like I, I because I assume that's what the other person wants from me. But maybe that but maybe that's not maybe we can explore sex in a different way. Um, and I think it's just like being open about talking about, like you said, when, when on, on your previous podcast, of being open and communicative about what you want is such is so important, especially finding different ways to have sexual intimacy is such an important thing for the ace experience. Um, there's definitely not a lot of us <laughs> out there, uh, unfortunately. Uh, at least like not a, not a lot of us who are vocal about that because like I have this fear Every single time I speak about, oh, you know, I'm great ace. Or, you know, this is like, oh, you know, when I have wet dreams, I don't actually want to do those things and that kind of thing. Um, I always, always fear that when I say that, people desire me less. You know, like I would I would be less of like a potential partner or of a less of a potential connection because I've said up front that like, oh, maybe I don't want to do that. Uh, and that's a lot of pressure. There's been many times where I'm on these dating apps where I'm just like, maybe I should just take off the ace thing so that people can potentially connect to me more. But that's not really helpful, you know? But I can't really change it. I can't change the fact that I'm ace. And I can't change the fact that people perceive ace people a certain way either. I think it's, I don't, this is very messy, but... Again, beautiful. <laughs> like, this has been so lovely. <laughs> I think it's just like... If there's somebody who is able to understand, to, to talk to you, to have that connection and to actually appreciate who you are and what you like, and you can return that, I think that energy is great. You don't have to be, you don't have to want sex to have a partner. You don't have to want sex to be able to be desired, you know, and I, I kind of struggle with this sometimes where I kind of sometimes want to be desired in like a sexual way, even though I might not actually want sex, which is weird. I kind of just want to feel sexy sometimes. No, no, honestly, that is a separate thing. And I don't mm. feel like pe people don't seem to be able to pull those apart. Mm. Like, cause I definitely, I feel that all the time wanting to be desired, but I'm like, if I'm like be truly honest in my mind, do I want anything to do with that person? Like, no, mm. nothing. I just want the energy to mm. exist mm -hmm. and that's it. Like, mm. and that's the full experience and it's okay to want those different micro experiences of this umbrella of all things sexual or not yeah and i think that's opens up a really great point of like maybe i think it's helpful not to, to think about the ace experience as less about like oh we lack we lack the sexual uh like the the, the wanting to have sex with other people but rather we can look at it like what are some other ways that we can access physical intimacy like the liminal space like i talked about before the limited space between foreplay and actual penetrative or not whatever the sex that you want what is this middle ground that we can explore there's so much there you know that i want to explore in my work and in my personal life whenever that fucking happens who knows but yeah it's maybe it's not that we lack something it's more that we want to explore a different Thing. We want to explore a different area that 
that a lot of people may not even know about. Maybe they just think about sex as like, oh, we just go and fuck. But rather, I like the lead up. I like the setting up. I like the flirting. I like the conversations that we have. I like their role playing or something like that. This is, I think, this is a lot we can explore there. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be as. It's just, it's different, and everyone is different. So really, you're not that different. No, <laughs> no, like truly, like I went to a work an ACE workshop like at the end of last year, and it just absolutely blew my mind. I feel like the acceptance in the ACE community and understanding of the ACE spectrum of how very different each of our own individual experiences with sex and and sexual topics are, and how we experience them in our in our bodies and our minds are are all so different. I feel like we're so quick to like, here, chuck on a big label and then that's it. You know, that's that's all you are. Like being in that workshop made me question like, where actually do I sit on the sexual spectrum? I feel like I was just so quick to be like, oh, I'm a hypersexual bisexual, you know? And like, that's all there is for me. But you know, when I was truly honest with myself about how I experience attraction, it was kind of like, oh, do I actually fit on that scale sometimes and even thinking about like what is the intimate touch that I desire the most honestly it is generally cuddling it's having my hair stroked or brushed and a, a, a feelings of an intense closeness and I feel like I've almost seeked that through the sexual intercourse because that felt like in these environments of um of dating apps and trying to find people to date where there is this pressure of like penetrative sex to be the number one the number one thing that people want from you and it's kind of like am I just having that because I can't find what I truly want so I feel like I came out of that workshop just with my mind absolutely blown and just like a desperate desire to uh, yeah speak to more ace people and learn more and and just the the beautiful challenging of my own interpretations of of myself um yeah sorry i was just thinking about that <laughs> no i think that's that's really beautiful for sure and i think i want to ask lauren this question as well um someone i spoke with before told me that they felt a lot of pressure potentially dating a gray a slash ace person because like you know like sex is the way that they connect so if they can't do that or you know they they they, they're not used to doing like the alternative ways of having sex, then that can be like a big pressure to them, even though they really like the other person. So as you said before, someone who has dated, uh, you know, ace or people on the ace spectrum, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, like I've dated someone who like in my early 20s, like we had a, like a really emotionally intimate relationship and, and we had sex and we dated and it was so lovely. And then years later, they came out as ace. And that was a time where, it, and I was in my mid-twenties and not really aware, and I was almost like, have I hurt them with my sexuality? Do they regret the sex that we had? Like, And I, I kind of internalized it and kind of made it about me. And it really took a bit of time for me to come back to them to say, oh, I, like, I'm really sorry, but I'm actually feeling really insecure about the sex that we had all those years ago. Like, was that okay? And like, this is a beautiful person who's in my life who I love so much and I'm so close to now. And yeah, like, I just really appreciate them so much for saying like, no, like, I really enjoyed the sex that we had at the time. Like, 
it helped me feel really close to you and it was really good and it was really safe. And you were like one of these few people who I felt really comfortable trying that out with because I hadn't really had sex with that many people and I felt safe to do that. And I don't regret it at all. And like, no, I don't want to have sex with you now. I don't want to have sex with anyone now. But like, you know, but that was that was fine and that was okay. And and <laughs> so that was a really nice experience for me because I had made assumptions that I must have like forced them or something. So that was something where, yeah, I I needed to kind of compassionately check in with them. Or we could have had a difficult conversation where they're like, oh, I did feel a little bit obligated to have sex with you. And if that was the truth, then it would have been really good for me to hear that because all of us, especially like people who, who desire sex in relationships should think about how we might be, you know, not pressuring someone, but making it feel like sex needs to be on the table. Yeah, or... intentional or not, you know, it's exactly. still, if somebody feels that way, it's lovely if it can, you know, be a point of discussion, you know, and I, I think it's tricky there too, how it kind of feels like, like the feelings around, I must have forced you almost takes the autonomy away yeah. from the other person, because whenever mm. we engage in anything with another person, like, we all have a responsibility to openly communicate, like people are not mind readers like and we really need to stop expecting them to be like there of course there's multiple different ways to communicate like it isn't all verbal for some people and we all have different levels of comfort but it's also checking in with yourself too if like can you have these kind of sexual encounters if you aren't actually able to feel confident enough to be honest within them because it can put you know people in some really tricky and difficult places And then to build on that, you know, as someone who like later on in life, like went on dates and have had relationships with people that have been gray ace and been on the spectrum, it's just been a really, just really good relationships because I was like, we both talk really upfront about what we like and there's no assumptions of things that are happening. I think as someone who is sexual, I still have sensitivity of me not wanting to harm or me not wanting to shame or making someone feel like again, that question of like deficiency or lacking kind of thing. So I think it's helpful for me as someone who, you know, is poly and is in open relationships. It means that as a sexual person, I'm responsible for my own sexual needs myself. And I have partners that I'm sexual with. When I've dated people where sex isn't on the table and it couldn't be, it might not be on the table for a great many reasons. And being ace might be one of them, but it's not the only one um, to just be like, Sometimes those dates have been some of the best because I have got no concern about being able to perform or get a certain sexual result or like how do I try and <laughs> or make, not eating make too much. Happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so much yeah. preparation. It's like so much preparation. I'd love to not shave and have to exfoliate or spend two hours doing like I have to have my body in the perfect form for touch. Otherwise, just in case this might happen, <laughs> yeah. kind of situation. So those dates have been about what's our shared interest or you know or if the person if the person wants to like they might like so I went out with someone who really really loved kissing so it had so much kissing was involved and so much like massage was involved and it had so much like body appreciation and I still felt very gorgeous yeah um, even if it wasn't a sexy kind of time so sexual people out there um you know don't don't be a dick but please be open to dating ace people because 
like you know it's it's not an inherent thing but some of them are just amazing dates like super affectionate or you have to talk to the person you have to see what they're into you know you can't make but yeah I've had beautiful fulfilling dates that made me feel physically amazing you know so recommend no like (laughs) honestly I feel like in the duration of this conversation like I've had like a a mind-opening change where maybe there's been people that I haven't swiped because I have seen ace and I have this deep internal um like identity of myself is like it things have got to be you know really sexual or it's just not going to work because I have to have this sexual connection or we can't be connected in the way that I want but I really feel like that actually doesn't align with what I actually want at all so yeah thank you for uh helping put that in my brain um because I'm also doing you know open relationships so I I want to have all different kinds of connections in my life and I I think we didn't have space for it before, but I just, I really loved what you were discussing um, around the the space between um, foreplay and uh, more penetrative sex, you know, whatever that is for people. And yeah, it's almost kind of like, I like how there has to be communication and there has to be creativity because there isn't just checkboxes. And I mean, I feel like those are the connections where you're really going to find like what you really like and what really feels good and that for there to be yeah um soft kind space uh to build trust and explore and just on that on this hot tip i do i do want to give uh, a tip to people who are dating ace people or ace people wanting to date uh something that i've heard a lot is like what if i don't feel desired by the other partner be it be like the ace person not feeling desired in a sexual way or the other sexual person not feeling desired by the ace partner. Well, here's the thing. A lot of us love to fantasize. So give us some material. <laughs> I say this in such a strange way. Yes! But like, honestly, it's just, I found, I've only had like one instance of this happening to me. Uh, but, you know, sexting is really good because there's a lot of physical distance. You don't, you don't have uh like the, the 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 pressure to go on and you know grow around on the bed but you get to create all of these fantasies by you know the way that you photos the way that you take photos of yourself or the way that you video camera the way that you communicate what do you want to see from the other person just or just like if you're walking around accidentally drop your pants and they're gonna think about it later you know we love because all of that sexual energy kind of like gets what's the word, it gets diverted back to us. Like we solve it within ourselves. We don't desire it with other people. What rather we kind of solve it within ourselves. Some of us love masturbating. I love to jerk off every day. But, and we, you know, we love having that fantasy self, that desire. So maybe you could create some scenarios with other people or just like accidentally be really sexy for a moment and then ask the other person like, hey, was that good? Or, you know, did you think about me afterwards? Like there is a lot of desire still to be explored within that space that does not have to kind of result in like oh two people in the physical space that might still happen like there there has been this one time where i felt like i would have been totally okay to just go on and have sex in that very moment because of that energy was so consuming you know um but that wouldn't have happened without that previous exploration of that fantasy in my head so just wear loose pants around your ace partner and uh, see how that goes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah the um the ace person who i went on a date with like writes a lot of really erotic fanfic and it's like uh, I, I like they're not comfortable with anything that sexualizes themselves and they don't want sexual attention or touch on themselves 
and they really like sexualizing other theoretical characters and stuff. So they're like, you know, we could write written erotic roleplay stuff because it's not us. It's totally different people. But you're still sharing erotic energy. And that was great. I was like, that's that's cool as shit. Like, that's a very flexible, creative way of creating with a partner and seeing their sexual creativity without having sex with them. Mm. <laughs> it was cool. Feeling desired doesn't have to end in sex. There's a lot of weight there. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So, I mean, we are doing so much beautiful big brain, big brain stuff that I am really enjoying. And I know a lot of people listening might be really curious, Yen. Are there other... You know, are there resources or other creatives that focus on the ace experience that you'd recommend? Like before we jumped into record, we discovered that it might be some kind of ace day, I think, right? Like what perfect timing for our conversation. Apparently today that they know we're recording is hashtag ace day on Twitter. I didn't even know about this. <laughs> and that is <laughs> I didn't even know about Ace Awareness Week or whatever. But I think in terms of resources, I personally can't really think of any a specific media i think there's a graphic novel that just came out that was like how to be ace by somebody uh i haven't read it myself but apparently it was quite moving for for some people so you could check that out or the best way to just figure out what ace means to other people is just go on youtube just like look for people who are verbalizing what being ace means to them. Go on Twitter, go to hashtag ace day or hashtag ace awareness day, ace awareness week. Because those hashtags are where ace creators kind of put their work to be promoted. And you can read about that stuff because we don't really have like, I think Avon is like a, a community where you can find like definition of what being ace means. But sometimes that doesn't really apply to you. Or maybe those terms are too technical and that's not how you relate to that experience. Um, yeah, just have a look around people telling their own stories and see what uh, what part of yourself do you see in them um, and kind of formulate and, and think about yourself in that way. Yeah. Oh, my God. Have you ever had a look at uh, 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 Ace Hashtags on TikTok? That's where I go for everything. For like, what are the youths saying? Like, how do they feel about things? And they're so articulate. <laughs> mm, I don't have a TikTok, but... Yeah. Oh my god. That, that's... Recommend trying it. Okay. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> and he had never produced anything again. It was completely consumed by TikTok forever. <laughs> it's very addictive, but I find it very inspiring and exciting. So see what you're so TikTok see what Stan you're channel. I swear that's what uh-huh. we're doing here. Just gently plugging um, TikTok <laughs> to the older generation that we're part of. <laughs> So, Hien, I really want to encourage our listeners to jump off and to just completely bury themselves in your work. We talked about it at the top of the show as well, but for anyone that wants to have a look at supporting you, check out more of your work, where should we be sending our beautiful listeners? So I am on Twitter at uh, at WavingPeople, and I have my portfolio at WavingComics.com, or you can send me money at Patreon.com slash WavingPeople, or my bank account, my BSB is 16. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, wavingcomics.com or waving people on Twitter are where I am. I'm very bad at social media. Uh, just managing different sites. So I think Twitter is the best way to find me and my ranting about things. Uh, and thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been such a good time. It's been such a huge honor talking to you two beautiful ladies um, and hearing about your experience and everything else. Thank you so much for this opportunity. <laughs> 
Thanks for making us cry. Oh, yep, sorry, words. Yes, no, thank you. All those things. You're amazing. You were one of the first people when we talked about having guests that I wanted to talk to. Like way back when we started the the pod, like or working on the pod early last year. So yeah, this is when Lauren messaged to say that she'd reached out to you and that you were keen. I was very, very excited. And this conversation has just been like even bigger, beautiful, more awesome than I could have hoped for. So thank you so much for sharing your with us and with all our beauties listening. Well, everybody, we have enjoyed a beautiful, uh, voluptuous, uh, large episode with Hien. Uh, we had a good cry about it. Everything was so beautiful. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. Uh, if there are any questions that you have directly for Hien that you'd like him to answer, feel free to just plonk it into our various socials uh, or directly directly tweet him. Hien is a deeply lovely person, as I'm sure everyone can tell. But this is all we've got time for in this episode. Uh, we're closing up on the end of season two now. But if there's anything you'd like us to know, any reviews you'd like us to read out when we have our Loveathon wrap up at the end of the season, feel free to slide into our DMs with your questions. On Twitter, we are always at Done Wonderfully on Twitter, or you can slip us an anonymous message anytime at curiouscat.qa forward slash wonderfully done. And as always, Wonderfully Done can be downloaded wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And hey, you're doing wonderfully.